I want to welcome everyone to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And today we're continuing our discussion with uh, one of the elders from the church at Cawson Street in Hopewell, Virginia, Rolf McDaniel. Rolf, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate it. And, and we have, over the last really the last several sessions, we've been talking with elders from as far west as Spokane Valley, Washington, and now you're you're going to take us to the east coast. And so I've really been intrigued by the different dynamics uh, of congregations and the way that those congregations have been impacted by this pandemic. And so uh, to just kind of get us started, if you would tell us a little bit about the congregation itself there at Cawson Street. And, and if you would, explain a little bit about how the congregation has been affected by the, the pandemic. Okay, well, um, we're a congregation, and I probably should have looked this up, but uh, I'll have to estimate. We were probably a congregation, or a congregation, I remember our attendance um, for Sunday morning worship probably was somewhere between 190 to 200 on the average uh, we would sometime go above that, but uh, probably right in the 190 to 200. Um, very diverse pop, uh, congregation, diverse in, um, uh, uh, you know, by age, uh, by race, by ethnicity, uh, so forth. Congregation has been here since the 1940s. Um, you know, I, I believe a very always been a strong um, Bible-believing congregation, um, had good leadership through the years here, and I'm not just talking about the current eldership of which I am one, but uh, great groups of elders through through all of the years. So it's been a solid congregation. We've been a um, uh, a um, steady congregation. I think through the years, we've only had three preachers in the last. Um, uh, let me add it up now. Probably sixty years. Okay, all wow. right. So very stable. Okay. Uh, how we've been affected by the uh, pandemic? Well, we've been, I'm sure, just like everybody else, greatly affected by the pandemic. Um, um, you know, we 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 did go. Of course, we had to follow, as as most across the country have, I'm sure, some of the mandates and directives of our government entities. You know, um, from the governor's office in the state of Virginia and, and the locales and so forth like that. So we did. Um, go from uh, in-person worship uh, to streaming our worship services, probably for, I, I want to say it was 12 or 13 weeks that we did that uh, at the beginning, at the outbreak of the pandemic or whatever. Uh, then we came back um, two services gradually. Um, we came back initially having two services so we could, you know, um, be amenable to uh, what the government would ask us to do, the social distancing, so on and so forth. Um, uh, we did not, we ended all of our um, Bible classes for a while. Uh, we did go, um, we did, while we were doing that streaming, we um, stayed with our Wednesday evening Bible study, again, done by streaming. Uh, so we did that. Gradually, we came back, uh, uh, you know, to worship service, as I said, with two different uh, worships. Um, we are, we went to, we finally went to one worship service, I think with, with good, um, social distancing 
in our auditorium sometime later. Uh, maybe we were in the two worship services. Bob, I'm not going to remember, but maybe five, six, seven, or eight weeks. Then we went back to one worship services. As things seemed to be easing up a little bit with the pandemic, and then you know the state giving us the ability or telling us we could do that um, with social distancing, with mask wearing, um, those kind of things. Uh, then we went back to our Wednesday. We went back to our Wednesday evening Bible study. Um, we have just been, as the pandemic has, you know, I don't know if it's the second wave or whatever it is, but become more uh, prevalent over the last few weeks or a couple months or whatever. Um, we've gone back to, we're still one worship service, but we have the ability here at Carlson Street to do with our auditorium. And then we have the, uh, we've done more social distancing as the state of Virginia tightened up on some things uh, as the pandemic became more prevalent again. And so we've stayed with more social distancing and mask wearing in our auditorium. And then we have the overflow in what we call our multi-purpose room. Um, and that's where we are now with our Bible studies on Wednesday night. And just the first Sunday in January, we went back to um, Sunday morning uh, Bible studies also in addition to our worship. So that's kind of where we are. Um, and I, I meant to mention, we're probably down to we average anywhere now uh, at our worship service, anywhere from the low 120s to the, uh, to the 140s or 145. For example, yesterday we had 143. The two weeks previous to this, we've had roughly 125. So that's where we are. Uh, a lot of our members are um, you know, very concerned as well they should be and so forth and are still staying home and watching and worshiping by, uh, by the by the online by the streaming or whatever so that's kind of where we are well you you mentioned uh, the the streaming aspect of services and i think uh, most congregations that i have talked to and that i'm familiar with have all gone to some form of either youtube or facebook live but some sort of streaming service can you explain a little bit about how that's been received and uh how that's affected people as far as uh, we know that a lot of folks are isolated during this time, and as some who are more susceptible to the virus, it, it's really affected them. So how has that been received, and how has that worked for the congregation? Well, first of all, you're exactly right. We are using both Facebook and YouTube. That's, that's how we are streaming, okay? Um, I think initially, as we, quote, stopped our in-person wor uh, worship services, I guess that was in March, you know, last March. I lose track of time right. now, but in basically when the virus was breaking in the U.S., um, I think it was well received. People were very thankful, okay, for mm -hmm. um, the opportunity, the ability to uh, at least in some way continue to worship their God uh, as we're required to on on Lord's Day, uh, on the Lord's Day, and and people were very, uh, I think. They used it extensively. We think we had great use of that. Um, uh, people were very thankful for that. I th so my answer is very well received. We found out that uh, in um, both our uh, worship services and our Wednesday night Bible studies, 
and our preacher Mike is sitting here in his office with me. I'm in his office. Mike, at some point, didn't we think we had 300 or 400 that were watching our services or whatever, really across the country and even some internationally? Mm -hmm. Really? Okay, yeah. So we were reaching a lot of people in that manner that we may not have reached before, quite frankly. Sure. Okay. So I think that went very well. But I also do think, just as you said, that people felt very isolated. Myself, personally, I can say I felt isolated from the brethren. It wasn't, right. I was thankful we were able to do it that way, my wife and I, from our home and so forth during that 12 or 13 week period. But Bob, it just wasn't the same as meeting with the brethren. It wasn't the same yeah. as uh, the fellowship we have with our brethren. And quite frankly, what I think the Lord requires, and that is that we assemble, okay, on the first day of the week. Right. Um, and we were doing the best we could during a difficult time. I think we were, I don't know if I want to go right or wrong, but I think maybe we, we made the decision which we thought it was the best at that time, but it's not it's what's best for the Lord's people, in my opinion, okay? We, yeah. we need to be together. We need, even now where we are back to, because uh, the state of Virginia wants us to spread out some more, where we have some in our, our, uh, in our auditorium and some in our multi-purpose room, and I'm one, my wife and I, that always worships in the multi-purpose room so that we, in a sense, have one elder, at least one elder in, in both places, you know, and so forth. And, oh, I'm thankful to be able to do that. And I'm listening to Mike's sermon and, and we're singing together with those in the auditorium, although we can't hear them. And I can hear Mike's sermon right. and we can do the Lord's Supper and all those kind of things. But it's not the same as being together in one assembly with your brethren. Uh, so, yeah. so I think it was received well. But we needed to get back to meeting in person, too. We needed to get back to assembling again, as I think the Lord requires us to do. Okay, sure. it's uh, uh, the isolation has hurt us. There's no doubt about that. I believe it's hurt the brethren, although, again, they're doing the best they can. Those that just feel they can't, it's not safe for them to be here. We understand that completely. But it's not best. It's not what's yeah. the best. It's not what the Lord's people need uh, um, in the long run. Sure. Well, I'm confident that uh, the brethren there, like most places across the country, that you've had members that either personally have been infected by the virus. Uh, I don't know. Uh, a lot of congregations have experienced some who have lost their lives to the virus, or they've had family members who have lost their lives to the virus. And so uh, explain, if you would, how the, how the elders there in the congregation has reached out to and helped families who have been affected by the virus personally in some way. Okay, well, first of all, again, you're exactly right. We certainly have those who have been affected by it personally. I, uh, uh, again, uh, I could think through the number of people. If, if, if I took some, a couple moments, I would think through the people that, you know, our members who have been personally uh, uh, infected by it. Um, we've had uh, a couple, maybe three situations. Again, I'd have to think through that a little bit of whole families, you know, that uh, have been, who have come down with the virus. We have had, um, we just had one of our older members, um, you know, in her 80s, um, mm. who was hospitalized uh, with the virus. Thankfully, she's she's on the road to recovery now. She's still weak, but she's coming along um, uh, okay, and we're thankful for that. So, so we've certainly had it. There's there's no doubt about it. Now, thankfully, we haven't had a tremendous outbreak, you know, in the congregation right. where we'd have to shut down again. We've been very fortunate that those who have contracted it somehow may have been away for a couple of weeks for something like that for some reason whatever reason so we didn't think it was 
we didn't feel the necessity that we had to shut down or whatever because of these situations we've run into. And we're very thankful right. about that. And so what the elders have tried to do, we haven't had a specific plan of, of contacting these people. We've just tried to stay in touch with them, um, ourselves, our deacons, other members, Mike, our preacher, um, and others, and just tried to stay in touch with them, try to uh, tell them how much they were loved, how to tell them how much uh, we were praying for them. And of course, in some cases, they're watching the streaming of our services where we are praying for them. So we've just tried to communicate with them, uh, you know, and just try to support them um, in whatever way we could. No particular formal plan, but again, just to, um, uh, just to encourage them and strengthen them and let them know how much they're loved and how, how concerned we are and how much we're praying for them. Sure. Well, one last area I want to explore for just a few moments, because yeah. I know that in Virginia, like uh, where we're at now, that the regulations have, have changed, restrictions have changed. Sometimes I know early on, they changed almost on a daily basis. But as things change with the virus and, and people need to be informed, how have the elders communicated the updates to the congregation? What means have they used? How effective have they been in keeping everybody informed uh, as to what those updates are regarding the virus? Okay. Um, we've, we have basically and most extensively used email. We're thankful, I guess I'd be thankful that we're in this technology age uh, because if it had happened 50 or 60 years ago, it may have been much tougher to stay in communication with the members. Sure. Um, but, um, you know, most of our members are, uh, you know, uh, all but a very few, you know, have access to email. So as we, as, as the elders have made certain decisions, just as you say, as the virus was changing, as it was, uh, the dynamics with it were changing, uh, as we got different directives from our uh, state and local governments, uh, we had to make various decisions of, of, of changing how we were doing this or how we're doing this or whatever. And again, I'm not going to remember specifically, but I would think we have probably sent out as we made these changes to how we were doing things with worship services and with our Bible studies and so forth and other decisions we've made extensively singing, uh, sending out emails, okay, blast emails to everyone. And some of those emails, um, I'll give our uh, preacher here credit, um, the elders would kind of make a decision of what we wanted to do, and we would communicate with Mike, and he's pretty good, okay, and uh, with wording these things, so he would word them for us and send them out to the congregation, you know, send them to us first, and we would read them and say, yeah, that's what we want to say, sure. and uh, over our names, of course, and uh, send them out to them, so it's been mostly by email, okay, now, we have a wonderful, wonderful um, church secretary uh, who's been with us for a wonderful Christian woman who's been our church secretary, administrative assistant for so long, and the entire congregation just loves her so much, cares for her so much, has such a tremendous confidence in her as uh, we as the eldership and the deacons and Mike do, and so she's available by phone all of the time, you know, Monday through Friday, and uh, we trust her explicitly to uh, to tell people what we would want her to tell them. So I'm, I know people are calling constantly and so forth. Sure. And she's great at that. And uh, of course, they're calling some of us elders and Mike also, but mostly by email, we've updated people. And I think that's gone pretty well. Okay. Good. The, uh, now, those who don't have email, well, we call them. Okay. Yeah. And just get the word to them that, uh, in that manner. Sure. Well, I appreciate it. And I know that uh, those who are listening benefit from 
just learning how others are doing things and working through this situation. So that's very beneficial. So I really appreciate the time and, and Brother McDaniel, uh, I just uh, really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. Looking forward to getting to be with the congregation there here soon and uh, continuing to work with you as, as you guys move through this and, and continue to grow as a congregation. I also want to thank all of our listeners. Appreciate you taking time to listen today. Uh, we've had with us Rolf McDaniel, who is an elder with the Cawson Street Church of Christ in Hopewell, Virginia. And we're going to continue to discuss with him more about what the congregation has done and, and get more personal about the, the way the elders have worked with the congregation and how that's been beneficial to their efforts. And so join us next time as we continue our discussion. Thank you again for being with us. and God bless.